Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. We've all got a lot of gifts this week, but man, that's the best one we could ever receive. What a blessing. I just want to first start off, and if I cry, I'm, I'm sorry, man. This is, I was uh, really tempted to, a year ago just to ask Mitch if I could get a, um, just come up and speak. The Lord's really been dealing with me these past couple weeks. Um, but, but first, I want to thank you guys for the support, the, the cards, the, the calls, the, the text messages. I got many texts yesterday because uh, I'm speaking today. Man, it, it means a lot. And I want to thank you guys for that. I also want to thank my family um, just for this, you know, just, I didn't, I'm not here today because of myself. Like I said, it's because of the church family, it's because of our family. I mean, if you look around, half this church is filled up with my family. Um, so I, I want to start off with, with a thanks for that. But first of all, so I, w- I want us to think about this past year. Like James said, this is the last Sunday of 2020. Um, what, what a year it's been. A lot of people say 2020 has been probably the roughest year that they've ever spent their life in. I've heard a lot of sayings uh, such as, Man, this has been the worst year. Can't wait for 2021. 2020 can't end fast enough. One Saturday, me and mom and dad were eating breakfast, and Noah slept in a little bit, and we looked outside, and our our pony was rolling in the grass. And then it would just lay over. (laughs) And if you don't know anything about horses and ponies, they're supposed to stand up like 24-7, like sleeping, eating, anything, standing up. Well, he was rolling, sleeping, whatever he was doing. We went out there, and... Uh, we, his tongue was hanging out and his teeth and if you don't know anything about like a dead animal that's what it looks like I mean it's, and Noah we went and got Noah inside and he said you know what if, it, if this 25 year old pony dies 2020 is going to be the year it happens I mean if anything can happen 2020 is the year it's going to happen also we've gotten Christmas cards that says just roll with it you know 2020 it's, it's been a year just roll with it I mean whatever happens you're just going to have to roll with it also, 2020 has been described as chaotic, you know, uh, all these protests, bunch of death, COVID, thousands of people. This is the first Christmas they've spent their, with their family without a, a loved one. Dysfunctional, you can just never grasp 2020. Depressing, like I said, you've lost some loved ones. And as I've been thinking over and over, I've been thinking, what, what, what can I sort of describe 2020 as? What, what, what has God talked to me about 2020? And one word that came to mind was test. He has tested us this year. God has tested our composure, wearing masks everywhere. I, I go to school and we have to wear masks in the bathroom. Like COVID, you know, we have to wear masks while we're eating. I don't, I don't know how they expect that to happen, but that's what they tell us. Waiting in lines, me and uh, Noah and um, Braden went to get Christmas uh, gifts about, about a week ago and walked by American Eagle and there's a 20 minute line. People are just waiting. People are waiting on jobs. We've, we've lost our job, but you, you can't get your job back because of COVID. They're not hiring. We've been waiting on jobs, waiting to hear from loved ones in hospitals because you can't go in, but you have to wait. God has definitely tested our patience. Also, he's, des- he's uh, tested our character. Uh, When when situations are tough, when you're pressured, your character is going to be exposed. There has been more pessimistic attitudes on social media 
There's more arguments, more negativity than ever before. He's tested our character. Also, he's tested our churches. We can all testify to that. We're here this morning. A couple months ago, we, we couldn't gather together in a church. Uh, we, we had to find out how to make church virtual, how to, how to buy a camera, had to know how to set it up. Also, personally, we've, we've had a struggle with church personally because we can't gather. And we're supposed to come together and fellowship. You know, if I'm struggling, I should go to James. If I'm struggling, I should go to whoever, uh, Glenn. I met with Jeremy Parker um, before COVID exploded, but, it, but it, was on its, it was on its way. And he said, God has tested our churches. He said, it, COVID is getting rid of the fat of the local churches. I mean, I don't know about you, but our, our pew's a little empty. Why are our pews empty? God has tested us. These are just some examples that I thought of of 2020. Uh, and, and the word test just kept on coming back to me. And as I've been reading, uh, I thought of a man that knew exactly what a test was and how to react back to it. I'm going to be in Genesis 22, 1 through 14 this morning. And I, I want to clarify that a test isn't a tempt. God doesn't tempt us, but he tests us. God tests us to prove the quality of. He wants to see how faithful we are. The devil, on the other hand, tempts us to entice us to consume something that is totally against the word of God. So I'm going to be reading out of Genesis 22, 1 through 14, like I just stated. But before we do that, I'd like for us to get our minds right. I feel like a lot of times when I come in, I'm sort of, you know, I'm just waking up and I'm putting my clothes on fast and I feel like I just come in. I want us to get our mind sort of right this morning. So as I've been reading, I, I came by the passage of Psalm 119 and, and 30, verse 34 really stood out to me. So as you guys stand up with me, we're going to echo this after me and then, and I'll jump into reading real quick. And you, and you might be asking, you know, why, why are we doing this? It's not how we usually do it. Well, I, I just think that we should get our hearts right. So Psalm 119, 34, if you just repeat after me, give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Thank you. All right. Genesis 22, and it says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Take your son, he said, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, sat his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for the burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship and we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father, my father. And he replied, here I am, my son. And Isaac said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. 
when they arrived at the place that God had told them about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or anything to or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in the place of the son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. So today it is said it will be provided on the Lord's day, on the Lord's mountain. You may be seated. If you'd, if you'd pray with me this morning. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your mercy that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you give us just to come in your house. God, you are here. You have been waiting. God, as we talk about being tested this morning, you know exactly what that means. God, just give us understanding as we just repeated. Lord, give us understanding that we may know that you are good, that you are faithful. God, if we go through tests, God, help us to remember that you are the God who loves and you are the God who cares. God, thank you for your son that replaced us on the cross. God, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, that doesn't has had that relationship with you, Lord, may today be the day. Lord, I'm broken. Lord, I'm not worthy. But God, you are good. And I want to thank you for that this morning. Just give me the words. God, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, this is the first time, God, but thank you for all that you do. Give me the words in Jesus' name. Amen. First, we must surrender our idols. I don't know if you know the story about Abraham and Isaac. Most of us do, but in Genesis 15, God made a covenant with Abraham that he said that he was going to give Abraham a son. And if you know Abraham's age, he's like about 80, 85. And today, I'm not sure many 85-year-old men and women are going to have children. And he waited for about 15 years, and Abraham was finally given a son around the age of 100. And man, he loved Isaac. He loved him. He, he prayed with him. He, he wanted a son. Loved him. And then he became his idol. When you surrender, there is going to be a sacrifice. In verse 2, it says, Take your son, he said, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. God is telling Abraham to surrender and to sacrifice. A lot of times when God tells us to sacrifice things, or to surrender things, it's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be something that you really cling to. And, and having a son is not the issue here. It's his heart. It's, it's that Isaac had became between God and Abraham. That, that, that's, that's where God had an issue with. I remember when I was, uh, when Robert Gregg took us to look up Lodge a couple years back, and I would always meet with Robert and talk to him the first night. And, um, man, I was just dealing with some issues. Just, just God tested me, but more likely it was more temptation-wise. And I went up to Rob and I said, man, these are the things I'm dealing with. 
And he looked at me and he said, you know, that is like a wall between you and God. He said, you're here. I was here. God's over here. He said, that's going to mess up your whole relationship, your whole fellowship. He said, this week, just surrender that idol. Just, just lay it down. That's what God was telling Abraham here is, lay him down, man. Just, just get rid of it. Many of us have idols, and I'm not really sure what your idol is, but you have one, if you know it or not. Maybe it's success or popularity or money, phones, sports. You know, these things that satisfy, these things that comfort, these things that feel good, look good. When I thought of surrendering, I thought of like a diet. When you're on a diet, you, you start to uh, surrender all these good things. We just got back from Christmas, and we all eat really well, or at least I did. I think I gained 10 pounds at least. And, you know, the food's good, but the dessert's where it's really at, you know? Um, and that's what I was thinking as a, as a diet. You know, when you're on a diet, you got to get rid of those sugary drinks, the desserts, the things that taste good. You know, eating a salad's good, but eating a really good cake's different. <laughs> it's on a whole nother level. Um, going on a diet. Yeah, so whenever you just get rid of these desserts, get, get rid of these things that taste good. But the quicker you get rid of those things that taste good, the healthier you will be. The quicker and sooner you get rid of those things that are bad for you, the more healthy you'll be. Just like the sooner and quicker you get rid of these idols, the more healthy you're going to be. Also, when I thought of surrendering, I thought of complete surrender. God didn't tell him just give half half of Isaac. He said, "Give, give it all to me. Come as you are. God doesn't just want half. A lot of Christians are miserable because they're half in the world and half in Christ. There's so much in the world they can't get the pleasures of Jesus, but there's so much in Jesus they can't get the pleasures of the world. He wants it all. Also, when I thought of surrender, I thought of military terms. You know, when, when you, when you want to surrender, you know you're defeated already and you're surrounded. And if you don't surrender completely, you're just going to get destroyed. You know, if 10 of us surrender, but the next 20 are not, we're just going to get killed. Surrender completely. Also, here in verse 3, it says, So Abraham got up early in the next morning. When surrendering, it should be urgent. We should surrender urgently. You know, he didn't get up and, oh, let's go, let's go up here and get the, the Keurig, put the little pot in and sit, sit down on the couch and watch a little CNN, a little Fox News this morning. No. Man, he got up early. He, he knew the urgency that God had for him. The longer we wait to give up these idols, the harder it's going to be, too. Yesterday morning, I was... I set my alarm for 8.30. I was like, I'm not really much of a morning person. If you know me, you know that. <laughs> I hate that, but it's true. Set it for 8.30, and I was like, I'm going to get up and read Scripture, you know, get a little something to eat, start off the day well. Then I kept pushing the snooze. One time, two times, five times. Then I was like, you know what, I'm going to turn the alarm off. I'm just going to sleep. 10.30, mom walks in and says, what the heck are you doing here? The longer I waited, the harder it was to get out of bed. The longer you wait to give up and surrender to these idols, the much harder it's going to be to fully give them over. 
we must surrender urgently. Second point, we must surrender in prayer and scripture. The first verse that I read here in Genesis 22, it said, After these things God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham replied, Here I am. What we're seeing here is a communication and a conversation between God and Abraham. We Speaking to God is not much as audible, but it's more in your heart. You're not going to have a conversation, and you're not going to hear God audibly, but it's going to be in your heart. How do we talk to the Lord today? How do we have a conversation with God? It's more, it's more prayer in Scripture. That's, that's, what it is. that's how you communicate. That's how you communicate. When Jesus, when, when God and Abraham communicated, the Lord told him where to go and what to do. Prayer in Scripture will, will develop our character, guides our paths, and strengthens our faith. Prayer in Scripture develops our character, guides our paths, and strengthens our faith. Why do I need to read? It's just a book. Why do I need to pray? I'm just praying to myself. We should be intentional to talk to Christ daily. Be intentional. Me and dad and mom and Noah were watching Dirty Jobs. Oh, what a great show. Dirty Jobs. And Mike Rowe visited this blueberry farm. This is not a nasty story if you thought it was going to be nasty. And Mike Rowe had him a basket full of blueberries. And he was told to go to these three older women. There's a kitchen on the blueberry farm where they cook blueberry pies, blueberry cobbler, things that you love. And Mike Rowe went in there and he asked them a couple questions, these three ladies. And man, they acted the same. They answered at the same time. They had the same interest because they're, they're all three cooking. And they met intentionally there to work. And they fellowshiped with each other. And while I was watching that, I said, am I with this? Am I like that with Jesus? Do I have the same interest? You know, when you bake cakes, there's... There's a smell and there's an aroma. Oh, man, I love going inside and mom's booking, uh, cooking our uh, blackberry cobbler or blueberry cobbler. Oh, there's, there's going to be a smell. Do we smell like Jesus? When we walk around, do we, do we give off that smell of Christ? Another thing, are we intentional? They were intentional to meet. Are we intentional? Are we, I mean, I'm struggling. I struggle to get in the Word. I'm not a good reader. I think I'm dyslexic, or maybe I'm just saying that just because I'm not a good reader. But it is hard to take time. But I'm telling you, when you take time, it is so rewarding. I was reading this morning in Proverbs, and it said, the water reflects your face, but your heart reflects your person. What's your heart look like this morning? What's your heart like? We should be men and women of prayer and scripture. Also, we should be intentional in prayer. I know I just said that, but if you look here in verse 5, 
He doesn't just have personal prayer, but he shares it with his son here. And it says, then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship, and then we'll come back. Abraham didn't just keep it personal. He didn't just keep to what he's read, keep to what he's talked to God about. He didn't just keep it to himself, but he told his son. During the test, Abraham taught his son life lessons. I know I'm not a parent, and I probably won't be for a while. But parents, are you teaching and helping and developing good spiritual habits for your children? Like I said, I'm not here because of myself, but it's because my, my parents and my family. And I'm, I'm bragging a little bit, but at the same time, it, it should be the same thing for everybody. Are, are we pouring into our children? Are we so consumed with idols that we forget to tell others about Jesus? As a believer, we should be in prayer and scripture, not for our own personal reasons, but for others. We should be able to enhance others spiritually. And lastly, third point is, as we've been told to surrender idols and surrender in prayer and scripture, thirdly, we should recognize and know that Jesus is the ultimate surrenderer. God surrendered Jesus out of grace and mercy. If you look here in verse 13, it said, Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering. What? In place of his son. Abraham's not on an altar anymore. But it's the lamb that he saw. Grace is getting what you don't deserve and mercy is getting what you do deserve. I said that wrong. Grace is getting what you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. It is by God's grace that we can be saved. It is by God's mercy that we're not going to hell. Grace and mercy has been on the heart of Jesus from the very beginning. It's not just this story. I know Genesis is in the story, but it's not just this story. It's the, the creation. He didn't, just, he didn't create this world and us. For his sake, but for our sake. He created us so that we can have an opportunity and that we can partake in his relationship. Mercy. The fall. If you think about Abraham, um, Adam and Eve, when they, when they sinned for the first time, he could have said, all right, mankind, gone. We'll see you. But he gave them grace. Man, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, as, as it's just a symbol here. The, the ram is not just, a, of course it's just a physical ram, but it is a symbol of Jesus. Abraham took his son off to put the lamb on there. The father took us off the cross to put his son there. Did Isaac deserve it? Of course he did. God told Abraham to sacrifice his son, and that's what he was going to do. It would have been, it had been totally fine for Isaac to, to die there. But the lamb is more of a symbol of the lamb of Christ. And you know, I've, I don't want to get political and things like that, but, but I, 20, speaking of 2020, it's been such a political year. I even 
somebody at school said, they wrote, if you're a Biden at, at a school, at a, at a Christian school, he, if, if you're a Biden voter, you're not a Christian. Yeah, I think we should vote for the morals here. We're not elephants. We're not donkeys, but we're the men and women of the Lamb. Right? Kind of an amen. We are men and women of the Lamb this morning. We have to remember that. Like I said, the Lamb is the symbol of Jesus. And if you think about the passage here, it says that he, Isaac was bound. Abraham had binded Isaac to lay him on the altar. And you can take that however that is sin to me as I look at it. That sin binds you. Sin captures you. Sin binds you down. Sin is a bondage. Galatians 5, 1, it says, For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. And out of this, we can realize while you're going through a test, coming out of a test, maybe you're having a great day, maybe you're having a great week, maybe this year has been the best year. Whatever happens, we know there's victory in Christ. Last point here, looking up. Multiple times it says that Abraham looked up. Abraham looked up and saw in verse 13. Abraham looked up and saw the ram caught in the thickets. Abraham at first had his eyes on the idol. He had his eyes on Isaac. Throughout the passage, it says that Abraham looked up to see Mount Moriah. Then Abraham looked up to see the lamb in the thickets. Butch Carter had a lot of sayings, my, my football coach, but one of them were, you have eyes in the front of your head, so don't look back. <laughs> a lot of us don't really know what that means, and I'm with you there too. But he's saying, keep your eyes up. And that's what I want to say this morning. We, there, there's so many distractions. I heard one guy say that, you know, the devil didn't take away our distractions. You know, he didn't, he didn't take away everything from us, but he gave us more than we could ever Imagine. He has given us more distractions today to get us our eyes off of Christ. We have, to remi- we have to remind ourselves that our eyes should be on Jesus. I love this. I used to have this on my, my phone case, and it's Luke 9.23. Daily we must die to self, take up our cross, and follow him. Daily. Also, Hebrews 12, too, it says, Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for joy not bondage, for joy that laid before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. Believers, we're going to go through times of heartache, times of laughter, times of grief, times of, that you won't ever imagine. But we must keep our eyes on Christ. We must know what our prize is. I'd like for everybody to close their eyes and bow their head with me. And just, just answer a few questions. I talked to James a couple months back, and I've been praying ever since. You know, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus, may, may the Lord just stir their heart this morning. I want you to answer these couple questions here. And it, have I 
fully surrendered my life to Christ. Is there anything in between us? Maybe you're not saved and you don't know Jesus. As you're, do I have a personal relationship with Jesus? As I've been thinking, there's, there's only three groups of people here this morning. Those who haven't received Christ. Those who have Christ but drifted away. And those who are growing in Christ. And my question to you this morning is, which group do you fall under? Have you received him? I mean, he is, he is waiting. I, I was listening to a song and he said he is a lover of the lost. He loves us. He's like a dad just waiting for you. May we be obedient this morning. I'm going to pray for us. Dear Lord, just thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity just to come in your house, just to experience you this morning. God, you've been waiting. What a great feeling it is to know that you have been waiting for us and that you love us. God, may we know that we need to keep our eyes on you. God, that there is victory over test. God, that, that you love us. And God, that that you didn't just die for us, but God, you replaced us. God, you took our position. Thank you for your grace and mercy this morning. God, I just want to tell you I love you. God, I just want to tell you thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.